This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. Hello, Hearts of Oak. Interview just coming up, looking at the vaccine control group and uh, the delight of bumping into Rachel and also Dini at the event in Derby, uh, the comedy podcast event. They were there at a, with a table, a vaccine group table. And it's uh, something I came across way at the beginning as I was trying to work out how you get past these mandates and also looking at what data was being collected on unvaxxed. I came across this group, uh, fascinating group. So I had a really great interview with uh, both Rachel and Dini talking about what the group is, why it's needed, about the uh, mandates being dropped and whether the group is still needed, how it can be uh, used as a, a control group for whatever is coming next. So it's not just a one-off, it can be used for other things. How you can support them with a six pound a quarter to get those cards, which you need to get. And by that six pound a quarter, you help fund what they are doing. Uh, talk about how they're now all over the world, about the telegram groups, how people can share information. There are Zoom calls you can be part of. So much to talk about and great to catch up with them on this essential venture they have started from nothing. So I know you love hearing from Rachel and Dini. So thank you for joining us, Hearts of Oak. And it is wonderful to have uh, two people, an organization that I have wanted for months, and that is Rachel and Dini from the Vaccine Control Group. Thank you, both of you, for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank, thank you for having us. us. Great to have you. And I bumped into you both in, in Derby and um, great to see your stall. And I've uh, followed what you've done, uh, as have many tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. We'll get into all of that. But to uh, the details are there. The website is there. And we'll put some of the Telegram links as well in the description, vaxcontrolgroup.com. Um, if I can maybe first ask how you both came to the point of launching this initiative, this project, which is something that none of us thought we would ever need, but maybe separately, how you came to be at the point of overseeing such a, a mammoth task? Yeah, um, I'll start off. It was basically a meme um, that people who weren't vaccinated were saying, I'm, I'm in the control group as a, you know, because we obviously knew that there wasn't a control group for mm. those people who'd been vaccinated because they'd been vaccinated, the control group had been vaccinated. Um, and because I'd, I'd been part of starting a local um, freedom cooperative in Eastbourne and, you know, we were trying to get ways to do things in lockdown, try to find what we could do to, to try and fix things. And, um, we realised with this meme that there actually wasn't a control group. And because my husband's a database developer and, you know, very experienced with with data, we sort of talked and said, well, actually, we could do this as a group. We could actually set up a, our own control group. But there are only a small amount of us, about 70, and it wouldn't have really worked. We realised we needed it on a global scale. So we said, well, why don't we just create a database for the world and get everyone in a control group who's not vaccinated, as you do? Um, so we we just got about writing one creating it and you know in a spare room in our spare time um put you know some of our savings into it 
and just sort of got started and we were just writing the questions when we met Rachel. Yep. So I'm Rachel. I was um, working as an A&E nurse for, well, when all of it kicked off really in, in March 2020. So um, yeah, it's a pretty crazy story in itself really. But I, I come to the realisation that what we were being told wasn't all the truth. And I ended up leaving my job and I didn't really know where to turn if I if I was the only one that felt like I did. And I came across somehow um, the Stand in the Park um, groups. So that's when I found Dini. So she was in my local Stand in the Park group and I heard about this control group idea and just really couldn't wait to be involved really. So that's when I came and came and sat down and helped them with the questions to get going. So I went from there really. So yeah, Rachel, did, did more than help. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll Rich, because we've had NHS 100, we've had um, Alan from Together Declaration, we've had lots of groups, but um, some people were impacted more than others. And I guess, Rachel, you were one of those people who was really impacted because this was a, a mandatory for you in your employment. Well, I'd already left by then, actually, Peter. So, um, but it was a massive impact on me. I'd say my mm. whole world flipped upside down. So in the beginning, I was completely terrified along with my colleagues about what we were going to see and what was to come. I went through the whole thing of not having PPE. I was fighting to wear a mask at work at one point. Um, we were debating whether to move out and protect our kids, that, all that crazy stuff. And and it wasn't until I actually left work for a few weeks and started reflecting on what was going on and um, my mum started asking me a few questions and it was her it was her um, health as well that I started looking into natural ways of helping her that made me realise that everything I was taught wasn't the truth and, and made me question everything really and that's when I decided then that I couldn't go back so I actually handed my notice in in um, early 2021 before the vaccine rollout came. Wow, wow. Um can maybe let me ask you to explain there may be some of our viewers and listeners i don't know where they've been if they don't know what the vaccine control group is but they may have missed it so for those uh, of our viewers and listeners who have missed it can you explain what exactly it is Should i start yeah it's in two parts really so in the, at the heart of it, we are collecting the data yeah. of those people who have chosen not to take the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, um, to look at their long-term health outcomes. It's a multi-generational study because this is a multi-generational problem. Um, the people who've been vaccinated now who go on to have children um, and their children, we don't know what this is going to do to them. So we are studying the health outcomes. And that is the really, really important long-term aspect of what we're doing. It's It's behind everything. It's health sovereignty, really. It's it's you know you being able to know what's going to happen and having the choice. Um, I, I won't say about what's what the next stage is, but I'll let you talk about um, the other aspect of community. Of the community, yes. So um, we realised quite quickly actually that pe when people started joining, because originally we didn't even market it or really share it that yeah. much. It just spread by word of mouth, and people just started joining from everywhere. Really, it's incredible. And by the time we knew it, we had you know different groups of people in different countries, and um, so that's when we started up our Telegram groups. We thought we needed somewhere that people could come and chat and ask us questions as well because in the beginning we were 
really, really asked a lot of questions, you know, who are you that are taking our data? We were really mistrusted in the beginning. They thought we were a government scheme. Hmm. Um, we're not. <laughs> no. could, have been, could have been part of the nudge unit number 10 or something. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. People still get, we still get that though from people that haven't heard about us. And that's fair enough. You know, we're, we're happy people are questioning every, hmm. everything. Um, but back to the telegram. So we, we started off with a few telegram groups and they just grew and grew. And we realized we needed different language groups, different yeah. speciality groups. So we needed like parents, university students, um, NHS workers at one point. That was, you know, a really cool group at one point. And so we just expanded from there and we wanted to give back to those people that are, are constantly giving us their data every month because what they're doing is really, really invaluable for, you know, for everybody for the future. We wanted to give them support back and then we started um, to set up Zooms as well so that they originally started as Q&A Zooms so that we could just mm. answer to everybody who we were and what we were doing and why and just so they could get a feel for us and meet us and ask us any questions and they turned into a sharing and caring Zoom, that's what we call them now. So mm. people from all over the world join. We've got a bunch of regular people who we've really made friends with over the years and they tell us what's happening in their own countries. We, you know, we hear what's going on on the ground and, you know, we've formed a really good friendship group from that and we support people that are lonely um, and, yes, but just grown really lovely community, really. Mm, so that's, that's the second part. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, no, go for it. <laughs> the third part, which is, it's kind of turned into a monster of itself, is is the cards. Um, so our idea initially, when we very first started this, was that we we knew that people who haven't been vaccinated traditionally keep that quiet, but this was something much bigger than than that. This was, you know, for the COVID vaccine. Yeah. We felt that everyone should stand up and say, look, I haven't been vaccinated against it. I've got good reasons, whatever those reasons are. They're my reasons, they're good reasons. We need to stand up, be proud of, of that because it's our choice and show other people that they don't need to hide as well. So we came up with the idea of these, of these cards, which are sort of, you know, you, it's it's to be visible. That's that's the main reason. But the other reason was that we know, both being mums, we've each got three children, that kids can be coerced into vaccinations in schools, mm. um, especially with things like the HPV. And, and in fact, my daughter didn't have it. Um, and, you know, we had very sort of strict words about, you know, when, when they try and talk you into it. You know, um, so we decided that we needed to help them in some way. And that was to put on the card um, must not be vaccinated. And the idea is that this can act as a shield. So if someone's trying to coerce you, it was mainly for the children, but obviously any adult can use it too. They can say, look, you know, I've got this. I can't be vaccinated for this. I, you know, I'm not supposed to have it. No one's going to go against that. You know, it just gives them that extra bit of security. Adults have been using it too, though. It's been absolutely amazing. People have used it um, in all sorts of situations, but also they've used it in situations where the vaccine has been mandatory. So yeah. um, health workers have used it yeah. to keep their jobs in all sorts of countries, not just the UK, but countries like Australia, Australia which is is crazy. Mm. Um, people have used it to get into hospitals um, to see their loved ones when they haven't been allowed into hospital. People have used it to get into other countries where vaccines are mandated you know even now people are still using it to get into the, the United States it isn't an exemption of any sort it is simply a card that helps you be visible in in your right to not take this particular vaccine but it, it just gives you confidence and power in in your own rights that's you know that's 
it, it, it's not accepted by governments at all or anyone. It's not, you know, we, we were very careful to make sure it didn't try and look like any kind of vaccine pass because we didn't want it to be a fake pass. You know, yeah. people said, oh, you're making a fake pass. No, it's not trying to be. It's not looking like one. It is simply what it is. And that's a card of membership for our cooperative that says you are unvaccinated. But also it's a little shield that you can use to say, look, this is, you know, don't come near me with that needle. Well, it, one of the things I love about it is, and I pick up on some of those individual things, but that many people complain. Uh, people are good at sitting around and being frustrated and venting that frustration with friends and family. And it's kind of uh, round that table in, in the pub and going there for an hour and uh, unloading everything that's happening. But there are very few people who actually think, well, this is a problem, but maybe we can do something about it. Um, you're obviously individuals who've decided this is the problem. We could bitch and moan about it, but actually we could try and find a, a solution. Um, it probably would have been easier just to sit and moan about it. <laughs> what what kind of spurred you into, we need to come up with something that fixes the issue that lies in front of us? That's an easy, easy one, and yeah. I think uh, <laughs> lots of people will relate, but it's our children. Mm. Uh, Dini said we've got three children each, and you know we saw their future being destroyed and them not being allowed access to what they would want to do in the future, being unvaccinated, you know, not mm. being able to travel, not being able to do the college courses they wanted potentially. So we we felt really strongly that we need to do something in order to fix their future. So yeah. we uh, weren't having it. We're, we're just like, no, we're not having it. This is our kids' future and everyone else's kids' they're not going to screw it up for them. So yeah, we decided I, to fix it. Or I, try. I, try, <laughs> yeah. try. Well, try. We, we try. None of us have ever expected to be in this situation. So you try mm. solutions and there's some work, some don't. But I remember talking to a friend and he had written, he had got a, a solicitor to write a letter to the school telling them what would happen. And he would go for every single teacher who was involved in forcing that. He may be had the finances to do that um but what you're provided is a way that everyone can do it they don't need to have access to legal which is costly but simply by by getting this it is a way and and i'd encourage and tell us about this how people can actually give it it's free but i would encourage everyone to actually sign up and it's what, 500, 10 points a quarter? To, tell us about that because everything costs money to happen. Um, and I, as not part of the scheme, can encourage all our viewers and listeners to make sure and pay for it because nothing comes for free. Tell us about that side. Mm -hmm. Do you want to do that, Matt? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so when you join the, the vaccine control group or vaxcontrolgroup.com, um, it's you don't have to pay at all to start with. Um, anyone can join for free, put in your data. I mean, you know, we're asking for your data, so it's a bit weird that you would actually have to pay for it. That is an unusual concept to have to pay to be in, in a study. Um, so everyone can be free if they want to be in. The majority of people are. They don't pay to participate. However, we are a cooperative and we've got a cooperative model in that those people who want to fund us, who want to help keep this going for, you know, we, we're expecting 30 years and it does cost a lot. It's it's we've got a, a team now. It's it's not cheap to do. Um, our idea for a funding model was that they would become members at it's £24 a year. That's £6 a quarter. So that's less than a cup of coffee taken out once a month. It's it's our aim is to keep it as accessible as possible. You know, we just need to keep this going. We're not looking to make loads of money at it. We simply need to keep the thing going. Yeah. You know, that's all it's about. Um, so, yeah, it, it's six pounds a quarter. Um, 
people can cancel anytime they want. Those people who become associates of the control group, uh, they get sent the plastic printed card. Everyone who is a free participant gets a digital version of it, which does exactly the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. there's the, the benefit is that you are simply helping to fund this really, really important study going onwards. And allow but, it to remain independent. Well, yeah, that is the main important thing about it. Yeah. That, that we're completely independent because if we were to ask for funding from anyone else and people have said, well, why don't you go to universities, ask for the funding? We have heard all the stories about who funds them. We yeah. don't want that. So we're not getting funding from anywhere other than our participants. And that's, you know, yeah. we're, we're really, really strict on that. If it came out that Pfizer were sponsoring, that wouldn't be very yeah. good. <laughs> That'd be awkward. <laughs> Definitely not. <Yeah. laughs> Tell us about the, the cards when people sign up and they pay the, the six pounds a quarter, they get the cards. That must and probably remains a mammoth endeavor to get those cards out. I, mean, I remember sitting, look at the Telegram groups, and some people said, I got my card in a week, and others saying, I'm in Australia and I'm so waiting in mine. That's a huge process to get those out worldwide. Yeah, it's taken us a long time to learn all this. Obviously, <laughs> we we started off with no knowledge whatsoever of what we were doing, and we, yeah. you know, we bought our first few card machines, didn't we? And you know, got the printing <laughs> right and everything. But yeah, we we ended up getting a franking machine for the postage um, a couple of months in, just because we were the post offices were literally saying no, we're not doing it anymore because we would turn up with so much post it and, piles it, and, like it, this. and they just refused to do it. Yeah. And we were we were spreading it around different towns and different post offices just so that we could get them. <laughs> but yeah. we ended up having to do that ourselves so yeah it's been a massive learning curve and then we've had you know people get in touch saying I want a card in my language I want it in my language so we we always went back to them and said well if you can provide a translation for us then we'd be happy to create that yeah. so we've now got I can't remember how many languages 15 or 16 yeah something like right. that and, and we're building and we'll... them still so so yeah that was that was fun learning how but we had our kids working with us in the beginning we had mm. six card printers in in one room at one point when we moved out of Deanie's spare room got a little office room and we um had all the teenagers printing them for us and posting them so. they loved it they really enjoyed it because mm. we were paying them a little bit for it and they thought it was absolutely wonderful yeah was it like because when you start something you want success but you don't know what success will look like and then when something does pick up you think hmm it was easier before. What was that? At, uh, when it started to really take off, and you said you didn't publicize it, but it was just spread because everyone was trying to find a solution to this. Mm -hmm. um, and suddenly you get the orders in. Uh, what was that like? As you said, wow, this this is really impacting a lot of people. Yeah, it was the, it was the success stories um, that really did it for us. And and I remember just reading some of them in the beginning. I was managing the Telegram groups in the beginning. We've got a lovely lady doing that for us now. But um, yeah, we actually created a Telegram group specifically for those mm. stories. And they're just amazing. You know, just heartfelt stories of people that could go and visit their dying relative when they weren't allowed before. And that, you know, every time we heard one of those, it just kept, kept you going. Yeah, didn't it? And that, that we could actually make a difference to people's yeah. lives in other countries it's just it's mental it's yeah, great we, we didn't mental. we didn't expect that <laughs> yeah and did you expect other initiatives to happen in other countries because in theory you'd set up something and think well we'll provide for the uk and uh people who need it and then suddenly requests come from all over i i assume you were not expecting a worldwide demand we wanted it because 
we realised that the only way that we can actually show what was definitely happening to those people who haven't taken the vaccine was to show it all over the world in different geographical locations, in different socioeconomic locations. And if that same thing, that same outcome was happening, you know, in Alaska, in France, in Italy, in Africa, then you know, you've, you've got a trend because one of the limitations with the study is that it is anecdotal, it's self-reported. And we know that. So we've had, we've talked to an awful lot of people. We've had amazing people giving us brilliant advice, you know, people with, with doctorates and, and health professionals. And we were told that we need to get quantities of data, ideally over a million people, so that we've got large amounts in all those different areas that show that there's a trend of, you know, we're either all doing really well or we're all dropping dead. You know, either way, we've got to show a trend and we need people to do that. Tell tell us how the control group, because I think people initially come into this thinking, I want to kind of pass out of jail. I want to cart out of jail. I don't want to yeah. get out of this. And then you realise actually there's much more to it than simply having that card behind that, which in effect is the purpose of the group, is a is a vaccine control group where people enter their information each month. Um Tell us about that kind of the, the information people give, and then the, I guess the the difficulty of actually keeping that data, bringing it together, and then having it so you can use it to report later on. Yeah, so I'll, I'll explain a little bit about what we ask. So, first of all, we ask for um, baseline. Um, health conditions for example so when somebody signs up it's you know what medical conditions might you already suffer with so that we can see kind of what their baseline health is and then every month we ask them um, a short questionnaire and and when we first put that in because it's all being rechanged now so we'll we'll explain about what it's changing to but um, we ask have they had covid the severity of the illness, were they hospitalised, um, what medications they take, what supplements they take, if they test, if they wear masks, for how long, um, any discrimination. We ask people to report if they've been discriminated or, you know, sacked from their employment, for example, because of their vaccine status. Have I missed anything? Just trying to think. No. It's hard because we're just redoing everything. So that's like old, old mm. stuff to remember. Um, but that's kind of what we asked for in the beginning. And we have had... Um, some people have a look at the data so far so earlier on um we had dr rob verkirk of a and h he he came in and had a look at the data and he actually wrote a paper that got published um oh. when was that published oh goodness me anyway it was published, it was published. It's, <laughs> it's on our website <laughs> we're working so we're hard so our busy. brains are frazzled yeah <laughs> there will we will put a link in the description that's a good thing about doing yes. pre-record we will put that link in the description so thank you. send thank it you. to me and it'll be there we thank will. you so um basically that he, he came and had a look at all the data and compiled it into a paper and he um uploaded it to ResearchGate, which is like an uh, an open oh, i can't even open remember. source no I've forgotten what the word's called now. Preprint. Yeah, that's it, a preprint server. Um, and they're they're quite easy to upload on a preprint server, really, because it's not, you know, a, a, a journal or a peer, peer-reviewed journal, for example, but it actually got taken down, which we weren't expecting. So they literally removed it. And I can't even remember the reason. I now, think it was the it... Daily Mail put an article about it and that kicked off. Yeah. It was, it was literally as soon as the article came out that it, then came out again so yeah yeah but but the paper <laughs> the paper showed basically that the unvaccinated were doing quite well so we had 
quite low rates of hospitalization if people were suffering with COVID. Um, it showed that all over the world, people are really taking care of their health. So I think it was something like 70% were taking vitamins and supplements regularly yeah. to try and keep well. Um, we also found out that quite a high percentage of our database have had vaccinations um, in the past. Mm. So that really kind of screwed up their anti-vaxxer thing. Yeah. 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 Not the, um, the, uh, the anti-vaxxers they're looking for. Yeah. Well, I, I, I find actually that the government have made me anti-vaxxer if they want to turn that because I had no issue all the way up to now. And it's only at this point and that um, the government need to look at themselves for why there is any pushback because it's it's their fault. Um, so, I mean, thank you, Matt Hancock, for making me now be suspicious of <laughs> anything coming from the Department of Health. I guess that's the same for you. And I guess that's a story you're finding throughout. Yeah, we, we did actually ask, would you be willing to take vaccines in the future? I forget exactly what specific ones we asked about. But there was there was quite a high proportion. I think it's about 50% of people said they'd, mm. act, they'd be much more cautious yeah. and probably say no to any kind of vaccine yeah, in the future. Even travel vaccines and such. Like. Yeah, yeah, so they've actually made anti-vaxxers exactly. through this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell us what has been the the journey for you two in connections, in meeting people, in because this has, I guess, spawned a whole new um, community, a whole new group mm -hmm. of connections and friendships and networks that that didn't really exist. And I found sitting interviewing people, and I thought I wouldn't have even have given that person the time of day. But now we find that there's something that unites us and you focus on that. So what has it been like for uh, the two of you? It's been crazy, actually. I mean, the, the, at the very beginning of this journey, we had an awful lot of, of who the hell are you? What are you doing? Yeah. You know, you, you blue-haired freak have had quite a lot, <laughs> yeah. and scammers and grifters, <laughs> yeah. and, and oh, my goodness. Yeah, which is, I mean, one of the reasons why we are on every single Zoom call so that people can ask us questions. And the first yeah. load, it, there were people asking us questions. Um, and But we did have a lot of doctors talking to us secretly, which was quite funny. Mm -hmm. So doctors and, and scientists, they talked to us, but we weren't allowed to tell anyone they were yeah. talking to us. Um, and so we kept having <laughs> to say to people, look, you know, there are lots of doctors that actually like what we're doing, support what we're doing, but we can't tell you who they are and they're not going to say anything about it. Um, and so we've had this really weird relationship with people and, and you know, obviously we've had our participants and they've been absolutely wonderful and incredibly supportive. But I think it's this this last sort of six months, all of a sudden people have realised that we're not, you know, we're not grifters, scammers, except we, we yeah. are truly actually doing this. I think there was also the, the worry that, you know, we were going to fail, that we were just a couple of idiot mums yeah. who were having a go at something we know nothing about, which we didn't. But we have learned so, so much. It's yeah. incredible because we have spent hours talking to doctors, scientists, researchers. We are learning everything we possibly can to make sure we do this incredibly well. Mm -hmm. um, and suddenly people have realized that and realized that we are serious. You know, we're not just faffing around, you know, doing something for our kids. We're going to fix this for our kids and we're going to do it the best way we know how. And so people suddenly, I don't know if they respect what I think they respect what we're doing, maybe not us, but they respect what we're doing now. And they understand that we are doing this properly. So from the medical perspective, you know, we've been to a lot of events now and people have welcomed us and they're talking to us and they're actually outwardly saying that they're supporting us now as well, which is lovely, yeah. which gives our participants a lot more faith in what we're doing too. So it's been interesting 
scary because yeah. this is i mean i'm a science fiction writer you know <laughs> i'm not used to dealing with, with <laughs> phd scientists you know it's it's yeah, yeah. rachel's but, a lot more medical and <laughs> it's just it's easier for you but we we haven't <laughs> let any of it change us have we no. and that you know it, it's just brilliant we're just us and we're just who yeah. we are and i think that's why people relate to us as well because we're not trying to be anything we're not we always say we come from nothing really and we're just yeah. a couple of mums but we've yeah. managed to do what we've done and we so. admit when we don't know what we're doing yeah. but we always go and find out from someone who does know what they're doing we get advice um, or we learn frightened. or we do live blood analysis courses mm. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we know what's going on yeah well the, yeah, you could write a whole science fiction novel in the last three years, but that's uh, yeah. <laughs> you've got good material anyway for that next one. Definitely, I think she wrote it before this. Well, I, I, I kind of wrote what I wrote, wrote was actually leading up to the yeah. world turning yeah, yeah. into this. So yeah, yeah. Tell us, tell us about the deal because I had um, actually, um, yeah, our next interview actually just be before this um, is uh, Amy Kelly from Dilly. Dilly Clout, and they've obviously published um, that massive publication with 50 case studies of all different areas. And you looked at that and you realized that what the data you're collecting isn't available. No one has, certainly no one in the echelons of society, no one in the medical profession, no one in the, uh, the, the tech companies have thought of pulling together this data and there are only a few countries actually that have i mean uk and israel seemingly that data is thrown up all the time um because other countries aren't collecting it so what you're doing will be absolutely essential uh with yeah. that data so t tell us more about that because that is going to be extremely important going forward yeah it's absolutely essential and that's why after having our, our data analyzed um initially we realized there were lots of gaps lots mm. of things we could have asked things we could have asked yeah. better because we didn't know you know we did the best we could but actually you know a year and a half down the line we know where this is going the landscape's changed too so we're, we're in the middle of an almost about to relaunch um a, a, a much more extensive questionnaire with much much deeper questions um, well, yeah, when when we started, we had no idea what kind of adverse events we were even going to see yeah. at all. We could guess, but we didn't have a clue when we wrote our questions. So we've really, you know, dug down into what we need to look at now. And we're going to have a massive section on pregnancy and fertility going forwards, as well as, you know, heart issues. We, we've we came from, I think, you know, the top headings of medical conditions such as heart, blood, lung conditions. And now we've dug right down. We've got over a thousand different conditions people can select going forward so we'll really be able to look at the data more clearly and part of the relaunch going forward um, the database developer is um, building some kind of warehouse that people can data analysts can basically plug into mm. so we really want the data to be more available to everybody and we've only managed to get one paper written so far going backwards just because we're a small team and it's a lot of work and we want to be able to push out data way more easily and readily and another aspect of it is there's never you know there's never the data the um what's the word <laughs> the raw data raw data yeah yeah so you, you know when you read something or look at a publication for yeah. example that you can never really dig down to the raw data that mm. they, they were looking data. at when they were analyzing and we want to make it as available as as possible so analysts in the future will be able to just plug in 
you know, we'll obviously make sure they're they're trusted and, and they're doing it for good reason. And they'll be able to plug in and analyze and put out way more publications going forward. And they'll be able to spot trends in the data, um, you know, look at certain aspects of the data which is what's happening, what's happening to pregnant women, for example. And I forgot to mention one of the most important things. Where, where, no, well, That's yeah, the other. <laughs> yeah it's, it's all anonymized, definitely. But that we're, we're inviting those that have taken COVID vaccines in. So when we relaunch, we're officially inviting those that have had any number of any different COVID vaccine into the study so that we've got our own comparative cohort. And so, again, we can support them that have been injured or regretful and, you know, I've realised they've been lied to. So that's that's the huge change that we're, we're going yeah. to now. And, and even possibly the people that are happy to continue them, we're hoping that they'll want to say, well, prove me wrong yeah. and, and also provide their data. Yeah. I think that's essential, people who have taken it, because if, uh, I mean, I, one of the demos I was at 10 days ago was for the vaccine injured and there were eight different people speaking about the devastating effect it has had on their health on their family and their lives mm. um one that story is not really told but two it's vital that they can begin to put in their information to this because you will yes. at least be willing to listen to them and allow them to put in that raw data and assess it where no one else is giving them the time of day so i think it's really quite essential and important uh, as you've growing to add that facility on yeah yeah and as well as you know that important data we we the community needs to expand and grow as well and we've had we've had vaccine injured people come and join our sharing and caring zoom so they're regular participants and it's just been absolutely amazing seeing how you know the understanding is growing and they're listening to each other and we just want to bring people back together again and yeah, unite amazing. people yeah it is so the 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 best way I want to touch on where we're going with it, but the best way for people to follow you be on, on the website. We'll have links to the Telegram groups and people can join those Zoom sessions, can they? Yes, they're open to absolutely everyone. There's um, on the community part of the website, there's a, a menu on the left that says Zooms. Anyone can come and chat to us. We, we do them twice a week. We're always there. Yeah. yeah. Different time zones. Yeah, different, different times a day. Yeah. And and we also do community events as well. So we invite people on with uh, normally, it's normally to do with health and wellbeing, but it can be any any interesting topic really so that we can learn from from people and they're open to everybody as well. So you can sign up to, to come along to one of those and ask the speaker questions. Okay. Can, can I ask looking forward because uh, people... I actually did think at one point, well, maybe it's all going to go away and we'll all be left alone. Um, I don't think that will ever happen. Um, so tell us what, because you put this together because you're faced with an issue. We're all facing an issue. Um, we're now told that's gone away. So you can now, um, certainly regarding travel and movement and uh, possibly employment, that's beginning to change. Where does that leave you and what you're doing with the vaccine group still really important because people have been vaccinated and we don't know without studying what the outcomes are going to be for those people and their children long term so that you know you can't take the vaccine out of people yeah. at least not that we know of yet um so that's that's going to be there for generations to come so it's that hasn't gone away and actually in the uk things seem quite easy in other countries it really hasn't gone away it's it's you know you speak to people and, and it's yeah. still quite horrendous yeah. and 
with with what we're doing, the way we've designed it is that, yes, we're studying the COVID vaccine or the effects at the moment, but you don't know what else is going to come along. And actually, because we are a control group, we could effectively be a control group for anything that comes along. So while people are entering all of their health data, if suddenly people are starting to take the Mpox vaccine, for example, well, if we've got loads of people who have and loads of people who haven't, and we've got um, people who are willing to study our information, our data, our anonymized data, fully anonymized, um, then, you know, there's nothing to stop us being a control group for everything else that they might want to throw at us Yeah, for the next big pandemic that um, Bill Gates has promised us. It's round the corner, being dropped on us from a balloon somewhere near yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. So no, and we're pretty flexible. You know, we've yeah. been flexible since the beginning. We literally change our plans every week depending on what we hear on our zooms, whatever the landscape is, whatever people need. You know, we really think about that and take that in con into consideration. And that's one of the main things that we get from the Zooms as well as, you know, making friends and supporting people. It's what we do learn. people need? Yeah. And and we, we go with it, don't we? Yeah. And, and also all of the systems, the database, it's not an off the shelf system. It's been written from scratch every bit of it so we got uh, we started off with just my husband writing everything day and night um we've now <laughs> he's still doing it but we've we've got a small team around him also doing that now um and so because it's it's everything is designed specific specifically for this and for what we're doing and for what we want to do going forward we can adjust it and alter it to be whatever it needs to be going on just you know so that we can show what what we need to show and that's the truth. Mm -hmm. And I think, therefore, it's essential that uh, there may be people watching who have been part of it, who have uh, paid that six pound a quarter, which everyone should be doing if they're uh, part of it. And they may be thinking, you know, it's probably run its course and maybe I should just cancel. But uh, certainly from my point of view, my viewpoint, it's essential. As you said, it's a in effect, it's a blank slate that can be used for whatever is coming. And that means that it is vital for people to continue to support it by inputting data, but also without financial support. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we understand it's hard times for everyone, which is why we've made it as cheap as possible. And also, you know, there's the free option and most people do go for that. So we don't feel that we're being, that we're asking too much by hoping that some people will feel that it's worth paying for because you know, this this could show that the unvaccinated are doing, you know, brilliantly, or it could show that actually we're all dying. But if that's the case, we want to know. Yeah. We need to know which whichever way it goes, and we will show what whichever way it goes. We need to know that information for us and for our kids. If it looks like, you know, the children who have been vaccinated are then not able to have children, they need to know that, but they're not going to know that until those children have grown up another 10 years or 15 or however long it takes, you know, to find that out if this study stops you know because we can't afford to fund it then you're not going to find yeah. that information out because no one else is doing it and to repeat how important it is uh, i only learned uh, with my interview with amy kelly that um one of the studies they did was that pfizer had started a control group for those who weren't vax so placebo group mm -hmm. and those who are getting the vax and that was going to run for uh, i think two to three years then after four months they just chopped everyone yeah. and it defeats the whole and when you hear stories like that you realize that everything we thought was true about how these companies operate 
actually mm-hmm. throw that in the bin and it's purely about a rush to market and therefore the data you have is essential because it's possibly unique and these companies don't have it yeah exactly and you know one thing we've learned just from doing this which i didn't have a clue before being a nurse even that a lot of the studies that they do aren't even given a placebo anyway they're giving a different treatment you know they don't give them saline they give them a different vaccine for example so there's never really a true control group so what we're doing is unique and you know we're we're completely independent we're not biased at all we're not funded by anyone so this is you know the future for science that's how we see it it's a future that where people can can fund a truly independent thing put their data in and then we can find out what's going on you know in regard to anything any treatment and the users have a vested interest in it because they they're part of it you know they're they're the ones who are funding and because we're a cooperative those who are associates you know that they're, they're the people that we listen to for what we, yeah. need, we need to do they're the ones who steer us have, have you been surprised at that the lack of vocal support for those who've chosen not to have this because i'm i mean for me politically kind of on the right i've been quite shocked at the the voices have only been on um, well, people should kind of have freedoms, but really we need to jab them anyway. And all those freedoms you kind of think on the right, actually, that collapsed. And actually, I find politically on the left, you had a lot of calls for uh, restrict for freedoms for individuals that traditionally so the whole thing goes got messed up and mixed up which has been great fun to watch. But for you, have you been surprised and expected I guess, high-profile figures to have stood up and spoken out and, and they've just remained silent. Yeah, I think we've been disappointed. Yeah, and we've actually spoken to some people and Deanie's quite strict with them sometimes, you know, <laughs> high-profile people with big influences and she's like, you know, you know you know the truth, yeah. you know the right thing to do, now get out there and say it and yeah. you're, you're quite good at doing <laughs> Quite <laughs> yeah, arsy with them. a bit disappointed with the lack, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I can understand it as well because yeah. people are genuinely terrified people are actually frightened that people who haven't taken the vaccine are going to infect them and kill them they genuinely believe that because the media has done such a a good psyop on them they genuinely are frightened for their lives and so they see people like us as as well i don't know what they see it as but but you know we are we are potential killers for them which is it's just bizarre i mean i've I vaccinated my children up to a point and then I started to realise what was yeah. going on. And so I stopped vaccinating them. Um, they've had a couple of the MMR separately, but not all of it. them. So I've I've been awake to this for quite a while. And I know that you've got to keep quiet about it. You don't say to people, my kid hasn't had the HPV and, and they haven't had the all the MMRs. And, you know, you, you just don't say that because yeah. people automatically have been trained to be frightened of you. So... I wasn't surprised that yeah. of, of the reaction, mm. but I am I'm angry at a lot of the high profile celebrities who have woken up and just don't want to lose their income through this because people like us, you know, we've all given up everything we were doing. Yes, we, we're actually working full time for this now. So we do take an income from it, um, just to be clear on that. We didn't initially because we were vol- no. volunteers and, and everyone was volunteering. But, you know, this this is full time. We have to live. Um, but you know, initially, we'd all had to step away from careers like everyone else had because we just couldn't carry on working because of, of well, Rachel chose to, to leave it. Yeah. Um, I lost 
you know, most of my work because of everything. And, and loads of people have, have lost so much through all of this. Um, and that, and that comes vaccines. back to that. And that's, yeah. you know, about thousands of people all around the world standing up and being part of a group yeah. and yeah. being proud of the fact that they're, they're unvaccinated. And being honest about the yeah. fact that they're not being vaccinated. Yeah. Because I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I would I always give people the benefit of the doubt and now I'm just pissed off with people because we've all got something to lose. We're all in difficult situations. Um most of us don't have a a big pile of money that we can fall back on. Mm-hmm. Uh we, we do live extremely tightly. And for people to say, yeah, but you know, they're a, a movie star or a star and they would lose a contract. Well, what about us and our small flats, whatever, living that are struggling day to day with the kids' school runs and all that. We have something to lose as well. Um, I think our media and sadly make it that if you're famous, you've got a lot to lose. But if you're the little guy, you've got nothing to lose. But often it can be the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of the, the celebrities have also taken, well, we've been told um, that they've um, had the, the fake passports. Mm. Which also doesn't help the situation. Yeah. Yes, I can understand yeah. that, you know, you, you don't want to give up this thing that you've worked incredibly hard for. But yeah. at the end of the day, this isn't like anything that's ever happened before. And it's not only what you're going to lose now, it's looking to the future. Yeah. You know, if they realise what we're heading into, none of us can have anything. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't want to look into the future. People it, just don't want to see, you know, this is this is now, it's going to go away, it's fine. Yeah. I, I can understand it. I don't like it, but I can mm-hmm. understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, closing your eyes doesn't make it go away. No. Uh, can, can we finish just last point looking? You talked about having children. I've got um two two kids as well, two boys. And and it's interesting the conversations that as a parent you have with children, especially trying to protect them from the indoctrination they have around um around what's happened the last three years. But I think by getting the card, it's it's a great conversation topic with your children and then you talk to them about why this is needed and make sure they're prepared because my worry many parents worry is that the parent tells the school it does not want this but the school thinks it knows best and hey the parent will thank them anyway so they just do whatever to the child and that's why I think it's vital to train your children to educate them and to prep them so they know how to respond, how to argue. So it's not just us as parents arguing for them, but actually we put in them. Um, and I think that part of the Vax Control Group allows you to, I guess, teach them this so they can carry that forward. Yeah, absolutely. And on the other side of it, you can actually use the card, for example, to say, look, we're actually doing something good for society. We're not doing nothing. We're not sort of not taking this and not helping the situation. We're actually helping, yeah, contributing our data so that we can, you know, see which way it's going. So yeah. they are actually doing something. It's not doing nothing. Yeah. In terms of our children, they're both they're all home educated. Yeah. So well, they might have dipped into school and out actually during the the pandemic. Yeah, and I, 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 li- went in I literally dragged mine out of school and I quit my job. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. They, they haven't been back since, bless them. But we've got a lovely community around us and we've been, you know, muddling in and helping and teaching them between us all sorts of skills. Yeah. But yeah, I think mine mine thought probably I'd gone a bit crazy at the beginning because I'd completely flipped around what I was saying at home. And 
I actually took my my eldest daughter to um, one of the first protests that was happening in London and it was then that she burst into tears when we got there and saw the enormity of it and that's when she realised that what I was saying was right but you do have to be careful with children and protect them you know you can't tell them you know you don't want to scare them do you with what's happening no but, but they're not the flip side they're being them scared to, be aware. to death by what mm. we're seeing in the media but um yeah but actually my, my eldest is at was at university during lockdown and oh my goodness me it's you know she was in one of the universities facing the one that had the, the fences being pulled down well fences put up and then pulled down yeah and she actually had um one of her friends commit suicide during it wow. because of of all of this so you know it's it's yeah the whole landscape's changed and, and for the kids and they can either be terrified of covid and whatever comes next or they can be terrified of what's going on around them but supported by people looking to a positive future of yeah. trying to do things to make things better so we're although you know it's it's scary telling them all about this yeah. and we do you know to, to different degrees because they're all different ages but they can see that we're doing something about it yeah and actually we're having a lot of fun doing it it's it's hard work what we're doing it's sometimes heartbreaking but we do make the most of having a laugh yeah a lot yeah <laughs> we have a lot of fun with, with with what we faced you need to you need to laugh i know when we do our news reviews on saturdays we try and look at something which is funny to, at the end because it could become very depressing and demoralizing and you need to use humor to and that's why um the event Dorby was great using mm -hmm. comedy to just laugh at everything yeah. um and stop yourself getting too depressed so yes definitely uh, can i it's been wonderful talking to you um uh, and i know our viewers will go and, and make use of the website uh rachel and dini thank you for your time today thank oh you thank so you so much for having us thank you if you like what we do sign up to our mailing list donate share and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofvoke.org thank you for listening